welcome to Women of Wellness Wow Talk. My name is Donna. I am here with Dr. Darlene Gustin. And uh, today we are going to talk about protein. Absolutely. One of my favorite topics. Okay, yeah. let's get started. Okay. Take it away. So, of course, when patients see a naturopath, we want to know what you're eating. And I usually ask people to walk me through what's a typical day in the life of your nutrition. And what I see very often is that people are not eating enough protein. And especially these days when it's the trend to be plant-based eating or vegan eating. And I roughly in my count, in my head, I'm counting up how many grams of protein that is in a day. And it can be one third to one half of what it should be. Okay, so having said that, what should it be? I wish I knew the answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it, so it varies from person to person? It, it, um, yeah. It's all personal kind of? What, what works for Very you? Very personal. Okay. You know, when I, when I was a student, I thought nutrition was pretty simple, right? But the longer I'm in practice, the more I see that nutrition might be one of the most complicated areas of medicine because it's so individual. And one of those places of um, individual answer is in protein intake. And when I was a student, they had certain numbers in the Canada Food Guide. If you're an adult female, you need this much protein. If you're pregnant, you need more. If you're exercising, you need more. If you're sick, you need more. If you're stressed out, you need more. So what you need varies based on what you're expecting, what performance you're expecting out of your body. And but what I found is that in North America, the um, trends in nutrition and the body composition of the population um, has been increasing. And the messages that we were getting in North America was fiber is good for you. Bagels are a healthy breakfast and muffins and cereals, very cereal based. And in Europe, they were more into eating the cheese and the meat and, and the hard-boiled eggs <laughs> exactly so so we all know that europeans have better body composition than north americans less diabetes less heart disease yet they eat more fat than we do and um and i think what happened on our continent is the overconsumption of carbs and the underconsumption of protein so so i almost think it's the natural swing back of what we were doing wrong for the next generation is that it was typical to have cereal bagel or muffin for breakfast when I was growing up it was typical to have a, a sandwich for lunch and it wasn't a problem to have pasta a couple times a week but now that's not the case anymore and even the Canada Food Guide has changed three times now in my career so wow. so if they keep changing their mind that that in itself shows you that one size does not fit all. But as a naturopath, I also find it's not just what you eat, you also have to digest it. And um, the European recommendations were based on your poundage. So I've been using those numbers. So for every kilogram of body weight, you need a minimum of one gram of protein. Okay, that's a great formula that people can use, and they can measure yeah. and try to follow. How would you break that protein down per meal? Ideally, you would distribute it equally among the three meals. 
So if it's 60 grams of protein a day, you would want around 20 at every meal. Okay, and how do you measure it? Are you saying by reading the package? Of what, like how, how do you know? Sometimes um, it's labeled, sometimes okay. it's not. You, mm -hmm. you go and you buy a piece of meat, it's not necessarily labeled. So, so there's only one piece to remember, which is that a piece of meat, chicken, or fish, animal protein the size of a deck of cards or the size of your palm, is four ounces of meat, is 20 and a bit grams of protein. So one hamburger, one pork chop, two chicken drumsticks, those are all hitting around 20. And one egg is five, and you will, you will see that labeled on the, um, on the egg carton. And a glass of milk or soya milk is about eight. So, so if you look up some staples, you know, a, a cup of beans, a cup of lentils, you'll see the labels. Okay, that's a really good guide, a good ballpark. Mm -hmm. Because I find that that's easier if I'm making, well, when I'm cooking, to just sort of know in my head. If I have to measure, if I have to look it up, right. it's just too tedious. But to have those ballparks, thank you very much to give us those numbers. And would you say that plant-based protein is it the same kind of protein or is it really different with, with our bodies or once again, as that individual? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways to answer that question. Um, protein is made up of these building blocks that are called amino acids. So you can think of those like letters of the alphabet and you need to cover all of your essential amino acids that your body cannot produce when you choose a protein. And that's what they call a complete protein. The whole alphabet is there in that food or in that meal, the way you've combined it. So you will get a different profile from each protein source, whether it's a plant protein or an animal protein. You will get different amounts of different amino acids. But the other thing to consider is that in animal protein, there's also the fat content and the hormones and pesticides in the animal industry that it's not, unless you're buying organic, clean, grass-fed meat, higher quality meat, is that in plant protein, there's less of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what would you say, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you see people that are deficient in protein, what do you notice? Like, is their hair duller or like, like what, what is, what are the signs of someone not getting enough protein? The symptoms could be anything you know, mm -hmm. depending on the age. I mean, energy would probably be the number one symptom or, or the person is trying to lose weight. And the number one thing that I talk to them is, okay, let's look at how much protein you're having. And so if you are going to a gym, it's very important that you have the protein after you've been to the gym for that recovery so that your body can build those extra muscles that you deserve to have because you just went to the gym. Okay, yes, I've heard that time and again, it's very important. In fact, I've seen my own children who do go to the gym, they will come home and make themselves a protein shake. I know that that seems to be part of the routine. And I guess that's their quickest way of getting some protein into their bodies right after. And how does, what happens if you have too much protein, does the body know how to break that down and eliminate it or does that turn into fat? The um, biggest concern with an excess of protein is that it can hurt the kidneys. Okay. And, and there's a lot of people on paleo diets and keto diets and they're um, 
severely restricting the carbs, allowing the consumption of protein and fat to switch their body chemistry into a, into talking a different language that's called ketosis. And, um, and so to do that for a prolonged period of time can make the body acidic and can hurt the kidneys. And at first you wouldn't feel that. You would only know with a blood test or a urine test that there's some kidney strain or some invisible blood in the urine. So that's the problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is, do you have a favorite protein? No, I don't. I, I think variety is the spice of life because I can't, I can't have a favorite protein because maybe if I did have a favorite protein, but it's very low in a certain amino acid, but if I alternate that with a different food or a different protein shake that compensates for, well, this one has more of this amino acid and less of that one, and the other food is, um, is opposite. So I tell people that to cover all of your nutrition, you need a minimum of four different breakfasts, four different lunches, four different dinners, or four different protein sources. So you may like chicken, and you may like pea protein, and you may like boiled eggs, and you may like Brazil nuts. <laughs> well, those are all great, great suggestions. And would you say it's best to pair those with a vegetable or a salad and try to decrease the amount of carbs you have with it? If, if any, I try to eliminate the carbs altogether, let's say in the evening, especially. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the morning if I'm having eggs. I would love a piece of whole grain toast with it, with an egg or, or, or that. But for sure, I find at night, if depending on the time of day I'm eating, because I could eat my dinner anywhere from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night. It just depends on the day. I tend to not have my meat with carbs. That's a good a good lifestyle that would also fall under the recommendations of what's called food combining. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time someone who's craving carbs and sugar after dinner, after six o'clock, I will find that they're not consuming enough protein at the beginning of the day. And so I tell my patients for many reasons, for the performance of insulin, for hormones, for thyroid performance, for stressed out people, you really should start the day with 20 grams of protein within an hour of waking up. Okay. And a lot of the times that, that recommendation will reduce the cravings for sugar or carbs in the evening. And another thing that happens is that our digestion varies based on the clock and our, our stomach's ability to make digestive enzymes drops off dramatically after about five, six o'clock. So people who are eating the dinner late, it might be the right choice. It might be healthy food and it might have sufficient protein, but you're not digesting it. And, and in that case, I would say, well, have that steak with the salad because the vinegar helps you make more hydrochloric acid or take a supplement that's an enzyme, digestive enzyme. That is so great. And that makes sense because anytime I have been seriously trying to lose weight or get myself back on track, I find that I have to eat much earlier. If anything, have my bigger meal at lunch and then something very light at an earlier time. Because as I eat later in the, in the evening, 
I feel heavy in the morning and it, when I step on a scale, which is almost daily, I know you're not supposed to do that, but I do, I can see how if I have eaten earlier, as you've just described, um, I will almost maybe lose even a pound the next morning or something. It, ju it just seems to work better for my body. And so what you've just, now you've given it, you've given the um, explanation as to why that works. I find though 20 grams in the morning seems kind of high to me. Now an egg is great. You just said it only has five grams. I know that you've um, suggested cashew cereal, a high protein cereal. Now we're back to carbs again, or is it less carbs because there's protein? Maybe you can explain better that type of grain or whatever that is. So mostly I'm looking to have the protein represented at breakfast. Okay. And the popular thing these days is people are really enjoying making smoothies, especially at this time of year. Yes. And they can throw in fresh produce and the smoothies are a lot more interesting. And, and that's fine. But for instance, if you're eating the eggs, it just takes a moment of thinking that instead of in the old days, you'd have an egg with two toast. Now it would be two eggs with one toast. Yes. Right? Yes. And you might want to put some peanut butter or almond butter on the toast and have milk or soya milk on the side or in your coffee or in your dandelion coffee. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole other, whole <laughs> and, other show uh, on dandelion coffee. So, so it's familiar enough to what you were doing before that you're going to enjoy it, but you've just thought it out a little bit and upped the protein. Okay. That's great. And, and naturally the amount of carbs is less. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Well, I would say that oh, nutrition is very individual and they're, they're all the diets work for somebody for a period of time. And I, I tell my patients, the only forever diet that I know of that comes with decades of science is the Mediterranean diet. And it, it appears like it's a low carb diet, but it's not, it's a low grains diet. The carbs are in the vegetables. So it's very okay. heavy on the vegetables, light on the meat, sufficient, big yummy meals three times a day, very focused on vegetables and healthy oils. And that diet is very extensively studied to be beneficial for ideal weight, for heart health, for good blood sugar. And, um, and, and the protein there comes from a lot of beans and legumes and a little bit of meat and fish too. So I think that's really the best closing comment on what should I eat. It's like, go look at the Mediterranean diet. Okay, and I guess we could just look that up on Google. and Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it will give you lots of suggestions and probably lots of great recipes. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. Uh, we hope this has been helpful. And please send us your feedback and comments. Subscribe to our channel. And we would just love to hear from you. Thank you. Happy eating. Bon voyage. Bye for now. <laughs> I meant bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work.